This week on the Tech Night Out Live, we have an action-packed episode, but no action heroes, okay? But we do have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer coming up a bit later right now. We have Kirk McElhern of Kirkville, who has all sorts of stuff to catch us up on. But first, almost every time I've done a show in recent weeks, the initial discussion before we even start recording is about the miserable state of Skype. Yeah, Skype is pretty dismal. All of us podcasters use Skype, and it's really the best way uh, to deal with guests because everyone has a Skype account. They introduced this new Skype version 8, I don't know, six months ago or something like that. And uh, some of us tried it out and immediately deleted it and went back to the older version that they started calling Skype Classic. And they said they were going to continue Skype Classic for a while. And then they just recently announced, I think last week, that as of November 1st, you won't be able to use Skype Classic or Skype 7 anymore. And the new interface is horrible. And I have this issue where I can't adjust the volume of the, of the incoming audio. So what you're saying to me, it's really annoying. Yeah, it is very irritating. But the other problem we have is just calling out to a group that consists of somebody with a telephone and somebody with a Skype connection. And yeah. once you are connected through Skype, to add a person on a phone doesn't work. You can bring up the dial pad, but there's no way for it to connect. It never connects. The only way we could do it is right. to start the phone conversation first, then add the Skype member. Right. Uh, yeah. Really, really silly. You know, I, I wouldn't mind paying for Skype. I'd pay 50 bucks a year because I use it for several podcasts a week. If it worked, I would be happy to pay for it. And, you know, it won't be long before we get the FaceTime with multiple users. Now, that will work if everyone is uh, an Apple user, but when I interview people on my podcast, they're not all Apple users, and they won't have FaceTime, or many of them won't have FaceTime. But there, there are other s systems, and I'm, I'm, sure you've, I'm sure you've had presentations by PR companies um, using GoToMeeting and things like that, but they're not cheap. Uh, you know, for what we do in podcasts, they're overkill, and they're fairly expensive. So, you know, on the one hand, we're depending on a free service that kind of works okay but a lot of us would want to pay more to have more reliable service if it were cheap enough i would certainly consider it or give them well, free advertising said, 50 bucks a year i'd pay that okay 50 bucks a year that makes sense that's a buck a week okay or five dollars a month and make it 60 if you pay monthly because some of us are very cheap but you know we'll figure out a way anyway before we speculate maybe or maybe not about apple's October 30th event, which is, I think, fairly predictable. Let's look at what happened in September, because now the iPhone 10R is soon to ship. The XR. You want to call well, it the XR? It depends on who you talk to. Yes, XR, 10R. In any case, are you or have you bought any of the new iPhones? I haven't. I have my 8 Plus, and 
I'm quite happy with it. However, just this morning, I was thinking, you know, it might be time to get on that Apple iPhone upgrade program. Because, you know, the, the hassle of getting a new phone, and when you get one, you're selling the old one and eBay and all those headaches. And I do sell my old phones. Um, I sell my old Macs. I buy and sell devices more often because I need to write about these things. So I was actually thinking of going to the Apple store that's nearest me today, but it's a 45-minute drive each way. It's a Friday afternoon. It's a road that goes up to a motorway that always has traffic. Then you get to the store. It's full of people. It's mobbed. It's loud and noisy. Um, it takes a while to get a hold of someone. Then there's all the hassle of you know, the time it's going to take for the paperwork. And here, if I were to do this next year when I get the next phone, I'd have to go back to the store and do the same thing over again. I have friends in the States who tell me once they've done it the first time, they can order the, the next phone online, ship back the existing one. But over here, they don't seem to do I called and asked, and they say you have to go every time you know, to prove ID because technically the iPhone upgrade program is a loan. It's financed, um, so you have to prove who you are. And I, I think it's a sad state of affairs that, at least in this country, the Apple Store is such a negative experience. And just out of curiosity, I looked on Google. Um, I looked up the store that's nearest me. And, you know, Google has ratings for stores. And the rating for the Apple Store is about three stars. And tons of people complaining that they can't get help. It's too crowded. It, it's, it's surprising that Apple has dropped the ball so much over here. Um, I, I know that in general in the U.S. people like Apple Store. But over here, it's not, a, it's not an agreeable experience. That kind of surprises me. It's not that I haven't had problems with Apple stores here in the States, but I didn't expect that. What are the big criticisms? Um, well, you can't get served. I'm just looking at it right now. I had a bad experience. No, this is about a repair. If you want good customer service, don't come here. Shocking attitude. Very adept at delivering Apple double speech. A lot of complaints like that. The lack of any system to queue or be seen is annoying. About three people who arrived after me were seen before me. Um, store very busy, no system for logging in waiting customers. You can wait for an hour just to get the attention of someone and be asked what your problem is. Um, then the person complains. Most of the staff are young, untidy, scruffy-looking youths. That's, you know, some old person yelling at clouds. Um, but there's a lot of negative reviews. And it's just, I've only been to Apple stores a few times. It's never been an enjoyable experience. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Really am. I thought Apple would understand that they have to get things together. Well, and I would. I would. They're think supposed they, to have the best store on the planet. Well, no, they're, they're supposed to have efficient stores that turns over a lot because um, you go in and out. If if you get served, you go in and out very quickly. And and I think the last time I bought something at an Apple store, it was something small. Was it a a, a a watch band or something like that? And and I was at an Apple store when it wasn't crowded and it was in and out. It was very quick. You know, no cash register. It's kind of a weird experience. Um, but I think it was two years ago when the Apple Watch, maybe when the first I went up to this Apple store um, the day that they were taking orders. Um, I was going to order online, but I wanted to see them in person. And it was mobbed, and it's loud. It's incredibly loud. Um, it's just, it's just not a nice experience. And you know, part of it is there aren't enough Apple stores in the UK. So for me, it's it's twenty miles, but that's forty five minutes given the traffic. Um, if I were to go any other direction, it would be even further to get to an Apple store. And there are, I think, in Manchester there are three stores. In London there are five or six, but outside there are few and far between. And 
Apple has maybe 30 stores in the UK, but that means that it's only in larger cities or really big shopping malls. Um, whereas in the States, you have them in sort of smaller cities, don't you? So the solution in the UK is for Apple to have more stores. They have plenty in the United States. There's a number right here in the Phoenix metro area. There's two or three within convenient driving distance of where I am now, probably 15 minutes or so. And the problem, of course, with the Apple store here is I used to have a nice business doing consulting, coming to people's homes and helping them with problems. Now they can go to an Apple store and get free. That started in the early 2000s. In in fact, the second or third Apple store in the nation in Chandler, Arizona, at Chandler Fashion Square. So... There you go. I remember I went to the opening there and they had one at the Biltmore, another shopping center in the center of Phoenix. So where Apple has lots of stores, people like me lose work and lose money. Yes. Hard, well, to, feel, what, hard to feel warm and fuzzy. Well, one of the biggest problems with the Apple store is that it is not just a retail store. It's also a support service. And... When the Apple store is crowded, it doesn't mean people are buying. They may just be waiting online to get something fixed or to have something diagnosed. And and that kind of turns the retail experience into a big negative for people who are coming to buy. Um, I guess it's positive for people who do come for repairs. But when you're going to buy and it's full of people who are waiting on, you know, lines by the Genius Bar or whatever they call it now, um, it, it's, just, it's just not comfortable. I just don't like it. Okay, we've got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 44055. This event is the 
first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 44055. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 44055. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. 1-800-919-5435. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day. Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind that is here to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com now to find out more. That's GCNLife.com and start your day off with an open mind. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Between segments, Kirk and I were busy talking about the various and sundry problems with Skype. All right, let's get back here then. So you were talking, of course, about whether you should join one of these iPhone upgrade programs. We have two at AT&T called Next. One of them, you pay a little bit more, you get a new phone every year. But you have to pay it out in 24 months, but you turn in the phone. The other one, the cheaper one, is you pay the phone out in 30 months, but you can trade up in 24. But you save, you know, like the difference would be that an iPhone XS Max would cost about $35, $36 a month, which ain't bad. If you take it on a 30-month basis for 24 months, it's going to be 40. Uh, It's going to be 40-something. Another ten dollars or so. It starts adding Still, that's, up. That's cheap compared to here. 
in Apple's program here, um, it's a 20-month basis, and the excess max is 65 pounds, which is, I'm going to tell you very quickly, because I have a, I still use Dashboard to do exchange rates. That's $85 a month for the excess max. So therefore, if you as the owner of an iPhone 8 Plus want to buy one of the current models, you then buy a 10s Max? If I were to buy one, I would probably go for the Max because I am used to the, the larger display size. And even though the, 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 the regular one is the same size display sort of as the 8 Plus because the bezels are smaller and all that, I would still probably go for the larger one, but I, I'm just not sure I want to spend that much money. I mean, the the advantage of going for the upgrade program is that I'm not shelling out all the money in one shot, which is what I do uh, normally. It, you know, I buy them unlocked, which we've been able to do here much longer than, than you have in the States. Um, my business pays for them. But I would rather, A, have a monthly payment instead of putting in all the money at once, and B, not have to worry about reselling the device when it comes time to upgrade. Well, with the auto upgrade program, of course, you just hand them the phone, and that's it. Exactly. You're, you're, you're leasing it like a car lease. You get nothing back at the end, but you're saving the hassle of, you know, listing on eBay, worrying about getting scammed and, and all sorts of things like that. Um, my phone carrier also has their own kind of like what you're talking about, the, um, the AT&T thing, but it's even more expensive. It's 88 pounds a month. This is the phone plus the calls and data plan, but 88 pounds a month would be, let's see, $114 a month. Now, they let you upgrade any time from 15 days into your plan. So you don't have to keep it. You can, whenever the next one comes out, you can change it. Um, but it's just ridiculously expensive. I think I pay 20 pounds for my, um, my phone contract now. Um, so paying that much is just ridiculous. Well, it has to be cheaper somehow. So you get the 10... S Max, not the 10R. Well, I don't know. See, I want to. I want to see them in person. And I was thinking of going to the Apple Store today. It's just not worth the hassle. Um, I might try like Monday morning or something when it's going to be less crowded. So, therefore, in the UK, rush hour traffic is like the United States, pretty much, except oh, yeah. people drive yeah, on the yeah. wrong side of the road. Yes, that's right. They drive the wrong side of the road. They go around roundabouts a lot. I don't need the XS or the XS Max. I would like the larger display. Um, but it's basically just to get off this kind of roller coaster. And I don't upgrade my phone every year, but it's, it's to get off the deal where I buy a phone and then I end up reselling it. And, you know, this is for my business. So there's accounting of when I buy it, there's accounting when I sell it. Um, there's eBay expenses and PayPal and all that. And it would be simpler to just have a monthly payment give the phone back after a year, get a new one with a new monthly payment, there would be less friction. I wouldn't have to think as much. Of course, that's what Apple wants. They want you to want to get a new phone every year. Um, and they want to make it easy for you to do it. I mean, they're doing this with 0% interest, basically. They're financing it um, for free. Um, and, and it's logical. If you are the type of person, you know, in our business, we do need to keep up with the latest technology. But it was only easier to set up, you know. And and again, uh, I'm complaining because the distance to the store, the traffic, the, the crowded stuff and all that. There's people who are much further away from than Apple stores the, than I am. Of course, what that is, is Apple wants the iPhone to sing to you, I want you to want me. 
Yeah, and 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 I'm not that, you know, excited. It, it's been many years since I've been excited about a new iPhone. Um, it's more a question of okay, there's a new technology. I will be called on to write about it. Um, I should probably have it. It's not fun anymore. But the iPhone's not fun. It, it's a it's a commodity. We update, you know, in our business again. We update because we're, we're talking about this stuff. We're writing about it. Um, but other than that, I I'm not that. I, I've my my fanboyism has been fading a lot in recent years. I think that comes with old age. Well, no, it's it's. I, I think we've reached a certain level of the iPhone that's a mature device. You know, after what eleven years now, that they can't really do much with it. It's 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 incremental changes. You know, a little bit here to the camera, a little bit here to the display. It's not like. You know, we went through periods, remember, Touch ID, when that came out, that was really a big deal. It was the 4S, I think. And then they improved the camera, and then, you know, the larger size. And so there have been benchmarks along the way, but we're at the point that it's just an incremental device. And it just doesn't, I guess I'm just, you know, kind of too too used to seeing too, new technology and less interested anymore. I will I will note that the iPhone XR went on sale this morning and unlike most unlike most iPhone launches you can still get one um delivered uh next Friday right now in the UK usually a couple of hours or or a couple of minutes sometimes after it goes on sale um it slips to you know two weeks three weeks whatever yeah we don't have that kind of demand that we had anymore also Apple has made the process more efficient, I guess. Well, it's not just demand. There might be more supply. You know, when certain devices come out, and I think this was the iPhone uh, 10 when it came out, this was, you know, as they say, the, the supply was constrained that they didn't have enough to sell. Maybe they have more to sell now. Um, maybe fewer people are interested in the iPhone XR, which it, it's, it's the affordable alternative to the XS. It's certainly got some elements that are not as good, but that most people don't care about. If you remember when the iPhone 5C came out, that was the one with the colored backs, and it was like the cheaper version of the iPhone 5. Um, the XR doesn't look like it's the cheaper version of the iPhone XS. It looks like it's a slightly different version with some corners cut, a single camera instead of a dual camera, a different display, etc. But for, what is it, $250 less, um, it does seem like a bargain compared to the iPhone XS. And I remember when the first iPhones, uh, the XS and XS Max came out, a lot of people were saying, well, you should probably wait for the XR. It's a better deal. I expected today to see, uh, you know, the usual, okay, um, it's it's 30 minutes after launch and it slipped and you can't get it on launch day anymore. I will get into more of this iPhones. What about the Apple Watch Series 4? Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So I don't know what I'm going to do here because I have no money, but we'll have to see what is necessary in terms of iPhones, I'd like to be able to do every year, get back to that stage where I get a brand new one every year. Or maybe it's not worth it every year anymore. I think for most people, a two-year plan is better. I think it is for most people, but I'll stress what I've said several times. We're in the business of talking about this stuff and writing about it. So our needs are different. Okay, so therefore the needs of the many are not the needs of the few if they're tech journalists. Exactly. I mean, if you wrote about cars, you'd need to get a car every year, wouldn't you? No, because if you write about cars, what happens is you work, say, for an auto magazine or you're an independent journalist and the automaker will loan you a car for a week or so. And that way you test it because none of the magazines have the budget to buy a a $30,000 car, a $50,000 car, a $150,000 car. They can't do it. Only Consumer Reports, I think goes out there and actually buys each device or each car. And Apple does not loan um, iPhones to a lot of people. There are a few dozen journalists they loan them to, but it's you're really a top tier journalist if you're getting stuff from Apple. I haven't pushed it. I used to get things like new iMacs and such. Every so often I get something. Macs are different, yeah. But the iPhone, they've always been a bit choosy. I think largely because the demand is much, much higher. That's a lot of it right there. The demand yeah, is so high. Yeah, but it's so their high. biggest product. I think they'd want to seed it to as many people as possible. Well, I agree with that. But, you know, Apple is Apple. Apple Watch. You have an Apple Watch? Yes, I got an Apple Watch 4. Um, and interestingly, I find the, the Apple Watch as a device to be much more exciting than the iPhone right now because we're on the cusp of, of a new device reaching maturity and and having interesting new features, whereas the iPhone's just an incremental update. So if you look at the the Apple Watch 4, the case size is only a tiny bit larger, you know, two millimeters um, larger than the previous models, but the display itself is about a third larger. Uh, This this allows it to give a lot more information, um, to make it a lot more flexible. It's a little bit faster. Um, I I think, I, I still don't use it for a lot, but it just seems to be a device that, looks more into the future, whereas the iPhone has just become commonplace now. Definitely commonplace. Indeed, you know, you look at the features, and the reason there's a credible debate as to whether or not to get an iPhone XR as opposed to a XS Max is not just saving the money. Is the OLED advantage that distinct to you? Well, yeah, if you turn... The thing on its side is certainly 
looks a little bit better, but is it that much better? Is giving up two camera lenses and having just one, is that a big sacrifice? It's things like that, because it's what, 98% the same otherwise? It is, but the, of course the big difference with the XS is that you have the two sizes, and with the XR you don't, you've only got the one size. So as we said earlier, I'm used to the 8 Plus, and I probably wouldn't want to go back down to a smaller phone. Um, I would actually take advantage of the fact that it's larger in the same size phone. In fact, I think the XS Max is a couple millimeters smaller in length and width, um, but the display is much bigger. And probably not want a smaller display. Um, so I'd be more tempted to go for that. And of course, that's why they only make the larger one in the more expensive model and not in the XR. But the 10R is still 6.1 inch display. Yeah, but remember, it's tall and narrow. So compared to the um, 8 Plus, which is shorter and wider, um, the display isn't really quite the same. I mean, the, the overall uh, number of whatever, the square millimeters of the display is bigger than the 8 Plus in a body that's small. Um, but since I'm used to the larger body, it wouldn't bother me to have the larger phone again with an even bigger display. Let's get back to the Apple Watch Series 4. The big thing there is the upcoming ECG. Check your heart rate. And I saw an ad, by the way, on TV here, where they have a standalone device that does that for $100. But for $400, you get something that includes the watch and all the other stuff. I'm a little skeptical about the ECG because there are going to be a lot of false positives. Um... The, the, the percentage of people who really need an ECG is quite limited. So people are going to run this and then they're going to get results. Then they're going to Google it and then they're going to think, oh, I'm worried about this. Because you've probably had an ECG at some point in your life. You know that you've got all these um, ups and downs and things and, and you don't know how to interpret that. A doctor does. Um, so I think this is going to, it might help detect um, problems with some people, but I think the number of false positives it's going to engender will be a problem. And I've read a number of people who've said that. Um, I don't see that this is, this is not a consumer, this isn't a, a testing device that's necessary for consumers. Um, th there might be a small subset of people for whom it might be necessary to keep track of their heart rhythm. Um, but putting it into the hands of everyone just seems surprising. And then we have the other feature, I'm falling, but I can't get up. Well, I actually like that idea because you and I are sort of on over the hill and on the way down, right? And, you know, something like that could happen to us. Um, you know, someone on Twitter pointed out when this was announced, um, he has epilepsy. And if he were to have a seizure and fall down, it, would, it could save his life. Um, Apple didn't say too much about how it reacts in the case of car accidents, but I would assume if the shock is strong enough, it will also react there. But... It, the, the, the fall detection is not something that you're going to run to diagnose yourself. It's going to get set off at certain times um, based on, you know, the G-force, the movement, and, and things like that. So while there will be false positives, apparently it goes for like a minute with, with a beep or something to make sure that you really want them to call the emergency services. So it probably won't end up having too many false positive ambulance calls. I'm falling, but I can't get up. Yeah, well, Gene, if it happens to you, I think you'll be pretty happy to have that. Well, you don't have one, do you? No, I don't have an Apple Watch. I did fall, 
a couple of times recently, we had this really weird situation here where we were staying at a motel. And when I've come to the motel, I've told them, look, our stay is indefinite. We keep renewing the reservations every few days to stay there. So we got to a point where they said, well, we can't renew your reservation anymore. We're overbooked. But they gave me no time to leave. They kind of rushed me out. And we have a lot of stuff because we're staying here for a while. So I fell twice in the course of moving. Yeah. So therefore. You but know. you had people around. I mean, the whole point of the fall detection is if you're alone and you fall. And, and I think there's, there, there's no downside to having something like that on the watch. Well, of course, obviously, Apple is doing well with the health and fitness stuff. Some insurance companies will offer you a special price on an Apple watch if you want their policyholders. Yeah, and you follow yeah. their exercise program. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably a good thing for some people. Of course, that, that's not an issue here because we don't pay for private health insurance. Well, that's, of course, one good way of selling Apple Watches. But isn't it interesting that we still hear about the Apple Watch not doing so well, and it won't sell as many units as an iPhone, but it's the number one best-selling watch on the planet now. Well, I said before, I'm I'm bullish on the Apple Watch because it's a young device just finding its direction. Um, I could be wrong, but this could be a device that's going to have the maybe not the same penetration as an iPhone, but it's going to be pretty close. I think all of the things that we'll be able to do with wearables in the coming years, you know, you can make phone calls on it, you can get messages, you can you know use it without your iPhone if you have the cellular model. Um, I think that there are a lot more possibilities for this device than for the iPhone. Of course, the iPhone does a million things more than the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch is limited, um, and it's still limited by the size of the display. You can't really read the news on the Apple Watch, and though there is a news app. Got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal, 
will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. Well, of course, we can have Siri read you the news on the Apple Watch, I suppose. I don't know. Um, I find Siri on the Apple Watch to be... I, I've never gotten along well with Siri on the iPhone, and it's not very good on the Apple Watch. Um, I use Siri when I'm coming into my home office in the morning. I have a couple of smart lights, and I use Siri to turn on the smart lights. And half the time, it says, hold on, I'll tap you when I'm ready. And this, I'm coming in with a tray with a teacup on it, so my hands are full. So I do the, hey, Siri, you know, turn on the lights, and half the time it doesn't work. What's interesting to me, of course, is the fact that 
Some people just never get along with Siri despite all the alleged improvements. Maybe it's yeah. because Siri senses that you don't <laughs> like her or him, but, depending like on which Siri voice you afraid. use. Yeah. I think it's more that just certain voices don't work with Siri because I know people who run their lives with Siri and I know lots of other people who just can't get anything to work efficiently. So the key here is that if you like Siri or you follow the magic bullet or something, you have the magic routine, then Siri is great. Otherwise, forget about it. I have yeah. a mixed relationship with Siri. And sometimes when my wife, who usually just sets an alarm with Siri on her iPad, it doesn't work right. You feel she is poised to say something more than a gentle comment in response. Yeah. I use Siri, as I said, to turn on the lights in my office, to set reminders, particularly when I'm in the kitchen and I'm cooking something. You know, I'll say, hey, AI person, uh, remind me to check the oven in 15 minutes. And I may have my hands in flour or, uh, you know, I'm making a saucer or something and I can't really, I need to wash my hands to, to press the button or to, to, to set a reminder in another way. So sometimes that works and sometimes my food has been burned because the reminder um, just didn't work at all. And Siri says, yes, I'm setting the reminder and then, then I don't get reminded. Let's fire Siri and replace it with something else. I'm kidding. Replace can't it with it. Alexa? No, I don't care so much See, about Alexa. I don't Alexa. particularly care about these things, the Siri, Alexa. My, my use of Siri is so limited. Um, my use of any device like that would be limited as well. Well, I don't know. I, as I said, use Siri sparingly, very sparingly. So what can I tell you about that? Let's look into other Apple developments here. And I have to tell you that as we continue to talk about the iPhone, the new iPhone XR series and everything, do you think Apple made a mistake not upgrading the iPhone SE? I do, because I still have one, actually. Um, I like the small form factor. Um, as, as I've told people who've asked me, you know, hey, you went from the iPhone SE to the 8 Plus, that's crazy. I work at home, so I'm not worried about putting my iPhone in my pocket. I just carry it around with me in, in the office. And when I go out, okay, I'll, I'll put it in a pocket or in my knapsack. Um, if I didn't work at home, I wouldn't want a phone this big. Um, but I do like that small form factor of the iPhone SE. But, you know, did, did you see that new Palm phone that's not a phone that's like a little bigger than a credit card? That makes me think of the iPhone SE, if it could be like a second phone. Um, for when you don't want to carry something big, uh, you know, I've got my Apple Watch, which works as a phone more or less well. Um, but sometimes you might want to go out with just a little phone and not have this big thing that takes up all your pocket or your purse or whatever. My jeans are just barely enough if I wanted to put like an iPhone Plus in there. Barely enough. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I would never play with one. But I agree with you about the smaller iPhones, except my wife's had a smaller iPhone for a number of years. And after you've used anything that's larger, it doesn't feel so much like a yeah. really flexible device. It doesn't have enough room. It feels like half a phone. It does. But, you know, there are people with much smaller hands. Um, you know, women and younger people have small hands. Um, I, I can understand that people would want to 
use a smaller phone. I can understand why people want a larger phone. And I think that it was good for a while that Apple gave that option to everyone, um, and they're not anymore. And I think that's a shame. It's got to be about sales, nothing else, that they're just not selling enough to make it worthwhile to keep that thing in production. Well, it's also a phone that was relatively inexpensive. Um, they don't want to sell something that cheap. And yet it would seem to be the ideal phone for emerging market. Well, that's it too, but maybe they feel just selling an iPhone 6S or something. I think the 7 is the oldest one they have now, but maybe bringing a 6S Yeah, they, they currently sell market. the 7 and the 8, as well as the XS and the XR, but they got rid of the, the original X or 10. Enough with the iPhones, okay? Yeah, I think most people, if you ask them to explain the differences between the iPhone 10 and the 10S, it would be, well, the camera's better, and it's a little faster, and this and that, and maybe the Gorilla Glass is stronger. I think most people don't and, know and that you know, Apple the, uses Gorilla Glass. The, the, the Gorilla Glass is a big deal because um, as Apple is, um, with the upgrade program, um, you get, it, it includes Apple Care Plus, which means that there's going to be repairs to the phones, and they want the phones to be in as good condition as possible when you turn them in after a year. The Gorilla Glass keeps prices down for Apple because they have fewer repairs and they end up with fewer damaged phones at the end. Well, when people say the iPhone's made in China, they forget all these parts that are coming from elsewhere. Like Gorilla Glass, yeah. that's Corning, that's Kentucky, one of their plans. But is I, it manufactured in the U.S.? Well, the Gorilla Glass is made in the U.S., but it has to be shipped to China. To assemble okay, I didn't iPhones. know if I didn't know if they didn't have their own factory in China. No, there was. I think Corning has plants. I know in Kentucky. I think other plants in the U.S. Doesn't the company that makes Apple's processors assemble some in the U.S. too? I don't think for the iPhone. I I think may remember if you remember the trash can Mac Pro was famously assembled in Texas, um, but I don't know how much of the iPhone parts are manufactured here well we're not going to get into supply chain that's very difficult for certain people in washington to understand it's way above their pay grade even their pay grade being too high but we don't want to get into politics let's get back <laughs> to the mac okay so one of the popular industry analysts is saying that by 2020 or 2021 the A-series processors will begin to take over on the Macs, so we have a few years to worry about it, if that is true. I thought you'd have a response. Oh, um, I, I, no, go on. I have nothing to say about that. I don't care who makes the process. The only consideration there is the virtualization. If Apple can find a scheme to make the processor so fast that virtualization wouldn't be too slow, it might work. I don't know what percentage of business-oriented Mac users use Parallels or use Boot Camp or something like that, because that has to be a consideration. It probably does. Uh, I use VMware for testing, um, very limited. I don't use it a lot. I'll use it to run betas or to have a very clean installation of the, the latest operating system. Um, I'm not particularly concerned about running Windows myself. I do have a Windows virtual machine, and I have one client for whom I need to have Windows. Um, I, I don't think Apple's too concerned about Windows anymore in the future. Uh, you know, you probably remember back in the day where there was a, 
a Mac that had a PC motherboard in it, and it was like a switch. You could switch from the Mac to the PC. You could run them both concurrently. Um, but those days, I think, are gone. If people are going to use Windows, they're going to use Windows. Um, running Windows on a Mac, I don't hear people talk about it much anymore. Well, there's more and more parity, too, between the Mac and Windows versions of Office. Like they yes. announced Office yes. 2019 together. Not that you don't have apps on Windows that aren't in Office for the Mac-like access or something. But otherwise, as far as Microsoft is concerned, they have one product that is available on multi-platforms. And that's it. And it's yeah. advertised and presented that way. And yeah. that obviously has some degree of value. So yeah, that, that was also a big thing here, that some people wanted the Windows version of Office because the Mac version was crippled. And now that's not necessarily true anymore. Well, with Office 365, they've they've tried to get as much parity as possible. I mean, you remember the, the years when it would be like, what was it? Every three years, they would update Windows, and then maybe the year the next year, they would update the Mac. Well, for sure, if Microsoft got around to doing that upgrade, of course, there are all those loads of stories over the years about that. We've got more to come. We've got Kirk McElhern of Kirkville. A little bit later, we'll hear from Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. 
yes, I remember where Office 6 or something, where they use Microsoft P code on the Mac, and the app would take like 60 seconds to launch. Yeah. This was in the mid-90s. Yeah. It was really treacherous. And that was before and, and Steve, that Steve Jobs made this deal with Microsoft to allegedly keep doing Office, but it was always a poor stepchild Office for the Mac. Now, when you get an Office 365 license, like you get the basic one for, what, $10 a month. And for that, you get five user licenses for Mac or Windows, doesn't matter. And then you get license yep. for and iOS or Android, doesn't matter. And then you get your terabytes online space. Not a bad deal. Yeah. Um, I- I'm sure you remember, like I do, that um, there was a certain nostalgia for Word 5.1 on the Mac for many years. Yes, that was the last really good version. And then all of a sudden, everything just kind of went down. That's when Microsoft began to emphasize the Windows version. Yeah. 5.1a was pretty decent. I didn't like it so much, except it was fast. You couldn't even use Zoom on it. There was no Zoom feature on 5.1a. These were the days when things were a lot simpler. But um, when I did use Microsoft Word back then, it was certainly better than... So it was 6, and then it it came to like 97 and 2001 and all that. And, And once they started getting into the sort of vintage years, um, things went downhill for a long time. But I took out a, an Office 365 subscription about six months ago. One of my clients um, for whom my editing work uses Microsoft Word. And I figured it's uh, 80 pounds a year. It's not that expensive. It'll be a lot more comfortable than converting to and from pages. And I am quite impressed by what they've done in recent years because it had been many years I, since I hadn't used it seriously. In fact, until about a year ago, I was still using Office 2008 because I had Office 2011, but I didn't like it. Um, But that shows how much I use Microsoft Word and Excel, which is not very often. I'm not still crazy about Outlook for the Mac. Microsoft Outlook for the Mac is an email I don't use that. I don't like it. There's a lot of things about it that just aren't really user-friendly to me. I still use Mail. It's got its problems, but I still use Mail. And there you go with that. Okay, so we have the October 30th event in Brooklyn, New York, is it? Yeah, it's weird. It's my a my hometown. Music. Gee, yeah. I'd love to go there. Yep. Send it's me a the Brooklyn ticket. Academy of Music. It's the, it's the newer theater. It's an old theater that the Brooklyn Academy of Music took over. I don't know when. Um, when I left New York in 1984, I would go to the, the Brooklyn Academy of Music occasionally for concerts and things. Um, they didn't have this theater. It's a very attractive theater. I think it's an old opera. Um, it's got like 2,000 seats or something. Someone posted a photo on Twitter. Um, but that's interesting that Apple's going to Brooklyn. You know, they've got their own purpose-built auditorium now in the spaceship that they've been using, and you'd expect them to keep going there. So why Brooklyn in particular? Why New York? Why Brooklyn? Um, I'm curious, is there a special, you know, they have these invitations with all these different um, Apple versions of Apple logos, which suggests that they're looking into something sort of more artistic, oriented maybe that's why they're going to brooklyn because i don't know there are hipsters who drink crap beers and have beards well there's going to be a full version of photoshop for the ipad so i assume there's going to be a brand new line of ipads probably a new imac maybe finally a mac mini and updates to some of the other stuff but brooklyn yes it does seem it's strange. weird isn't it yeah yeah unless apple just wants to be different 
You know, maybe they well, figured, look, what the hell? We've got all the money on the planet because everybody else is in deep debt, and we'll have it in Brooklyn. Didn't they do some educational thing in Chicago last year? Yes, when they introduced the cheaper iPad, the three hundred twenty-nine dollars right. iPad, right. and they had a new educational initiative, which I right. think kind of sort of bombed. I don't hear much more about it. Yeah, but but, but the, the point is that they're branching out and going to different cities, and I think that's a good idea. Um, it shows that they're not just a Silicon Valley company. Well, maybe it is that, you know, just to also cause the tech press to have to spend more money to fly to Brooklyn. Okay. Well, the, the, the tech journalists who live in New York are, are very happy about this. Um, it's true that there are more in California, um, and they'll have to fly, but the ones on the East Coast will be happy. Well, okay, so new Macs, new iPads, what else? Uh, new AirPods. Hmm. Okay. For the, you know, pseudo-wireless charging. I, I can't see that the AirPods themselves are going to be changed a lot, but Apple's going to say that there are like 87 new features in the new AirPods. Um, maybe, maybe uh, some someone was talking today on some Mac website, would we see a preview of the, the coming Mac Pro? I, I don't think so. This is not the kind of event for, for that sort of computer. Um, and, and if they're going to be talking about, say, Photoshop, new iPads, presumably a new pencil, and if they're going to bring out new Macs, then that's going to take up the whole thing. Um, I don't think... I, I'm really curious about the Mac Mini, that they've said that it's going to be sort of geared toward pros, um, in part because they've changed the um, macOS server software to eliminate a lot of the features that people used as a server and they've talked about it'll be more for managing devices and backups and things like that. And I keep thinking that their goal might be to make a, a, a new Mac Mini for the home user, which would be like the true digital hub. All your devices get backed up to it. You can manage like parental controls through it, things like that. I mean, Disney has a, a gizmo that you can plug into your router and you can set parental controls for devices. And that could be something that they're going to do with the Mac Mini. I, I have a a certain appreciation for the Mac Mini. I've had two of them, and I still have one that runs my um, video library with the Plex. It's seven years old. Um, I think the Mac Mini is, is a unique computer. Whether they're going to keep it alive in any way that's going to make it useful, I don't know. I mean, it's been four years since the last update. That's a long time. Well, the fact that Tim Cook said they love the Mac Mini indicates something. It's if it has a more professional design, that would remind me very much of what HP is doing with its small computer, which is kind of a Mac Mini type, but it's designed yeah, we, to be a mini a workstation. It's designed yeah. to be a mini workstation. I, I would see a, a powerful little Mac Mini that you can put on, on the desktop and use with an external display. I mean, that's what I did when I bought mine in 2011. I used it for a few years with the, what was it, the 30-inch cinema display or 27-inch cinema display. Um, if you don't need a lot of power, uh, the Mac Mini is a fine computer. Of course, if they update it today, you know, the, the current version they're selling is four years old, isn't. But why not have a small computer like that and a, that you plug into a display? You've got Thunderbolt 2 with USB-C, you know, a bunch of connectors, and it could be like a mini computer for people who don't use their computer much. Well, I still think, as you say, it's going to have a lot of possibilities there. It could be a home 
media server, which a lot of people use it for now. It could be something for a low-end computer for data centers, because it got yeah, some degree of use for that it, in it the did, last iteration. Yeah, but you know, the data center today is mostly in the cloud with Amazon and Google and other um, cloud services. It's mostly using virtual machines in the cloud. Uh, I'm not sure that there's that much need for a small Mac for data centers. Or if there is, it's a very limited audience. Well, remember, though, that the cloud still is using servers, but most of them are super micros, I think. Everybody uses super micro computers, and no, they don't have a secret firmware bug. Don't know about that. Yeah, I was mentioning super micro because they are used so often by web hosts and Apple and Amazon use those because they're fairly inexpensive as servers go. But so you remember, yes, you may have a cloud system, but it's still based on a piece of hardware. Lots of yeah, but Apple's not going to be competing with that. I know that. That's something that Apple got out of that business a long time ago. So it's certainly yeah. not something they're going to be doing because they're using those things themselves. They don't have to anymore. Exactly. Right. But I'm, I could see a new Mac Mini. On the other hand, I'm going to mention something in our final segment, which you have already discounted, but I still think it might happen. We have Kirk McElhern, and we've got a little bit later Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 44055. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 44055. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 44055. 
hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Well, Kirk, talked about in the previous segment about the fact that he doesn't expect to see any demonstration of the next Mac Pro. Why not a quick preview of it if it's going to come early next year? Well, this sort of presentation, this is a pre-Christmas product announcement. So the iPad and potentially, as you said, an iMac or Mac Mini, the, the Mac Pro is a different type of computer. Is it going to come early next year? Is it going to come next summer? Um, in the sense of, you know, being launched at the Worldwide Developer Conference. They could always do a preview for five minutes, like just a teaser commercial, but it wouldn't, it doesn't seem that it would fit in the same type of presentation as new, new iPads and new, new things for the Christmas holidays, basically. Well, is an iMac a new thing for the Christmas holiday? I suppose. It is, but a Mac Pro definitely isn't. I agree with that. I just think that Apple might still show something. Hey, this is what we're working on. Do two minutes of it. A two-minute spot. This is what we're working on. Coming in 2019. End of story. Yes, but if they do that and it's delayed, remember the AirPower pseudo-wireless charging mat that was coming whenever it was coming and that hasn't has sort of disappeared? Um, I, I think they're being a little bit more hesitant now about 
announcing things that they can't ship. But they don't have to say when in 2019. They could just say coming in 2019. This is what we have coming up because they've already promised it. You follow yeah. what I'm saying? They've already promised yeah. this is going to come. So do two minutes on. They don't have to commit themselves to a ship date. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't put money on it. So right now, would you consider we have a new iMac, probably a new Mac Mini? We've already had the new MacBook Pros. Do you think Apple's going to introduce a low-end MacBook to replace the Air? Yeah, th that's an interesting part of Apple product lineup, the fact that they have the MacBook Air and the 12-inch MacBook. What's going to become of those different devices now? Um, I I've always liked the MacBook Air form factor. Um, I had the very first MacBook Air. Um, I had a 12-inch MacBook, and, and the real limitation to that was the single USB port. The, a lot of people like the MacBook Air because there was an 11-inch version. That's too small for me. The MacBook without modifiers is a 12-inch, and then you, you get up next up to 13. Um, I, I can't see them keeping the two of them, the MacBook Air and the 12-inch MacBook. I think they need to just choose one of them. The problem with the MacBook Air currently is it's the only Mac that doesn't have a retina display. Um, and that's one reason why... Um, a few years ago, when I bought the 12-inch MacBook, I bought that as opposed to a MacBook Air. Because once you start using Retina displays, you can't go back. Can they do a Retina display now, a Retina display Mac for $999? Of course they can. Yeah, even if they have to cut their profit margin a little bit, um, they can do that. And in a way, that can be a gateway Mac. R remember that Apple also has to somehow start competing with the Chromebook unless they've given up on that. You know, Apple initially thought that the iPad was the competition for the Chromebook. Um, but the Chromebook has made huge inroads into the education market, at least in the States. A low-end, inexpensive laptop would really be something that could make a big difference for people who just don't want to spend that much money, who don't use a computer enough to spend, you know, $1,000, $1,500. And remember, too... There's another prediction for this past quarter that Mac sales were down once again. Yeah. Overall, PC sales are flat. Yep. Well, people have been saying we're in the post-PC era, and it's certainly true. Um, but that doesn't mean that, I don't know what the numbers are for the, the business, the, the Mac side of the business, but it's still, you know, billions of dollars. Um, Apple's not going to just give up on that. Right, I agree with that, but consider here they've got to do something i think in terms of the pricing well i hope so because if you look at it you you can spend more on an iphone than on a macbook air or, or you know the the, the 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 new iphone is more expensive than the low-end laptop and that's kind of ridiculous when you think about it not that the new iphone doesn't have a lot of stuff in it and processors and all but to think that this little thing you stick in your pocket costs more than a full-size computer that you use is a bit surprising. But remember the miniaturization, the fact that it has a processor that would work pretty well on a big computer. Of course. And, and uh, you know, I, I look forward to the days when we get an iPhone with a USB-C connector that you connect to a display and maybe use it like, you know, uh, with a Bluetooth keyboard. Um, uses it like a real computer. That would be actually quite interesting. Well, we have to see also if Apple does go the route of putting the 
A-series processors on Macs. Especially because Intel can't make the smaller die sizes. They can't do what Apple is doing with their processors. Yeah, I don't, you know, every time you talk about processors, my eyes glaze over. You follow that stuff. I really don't. Um, I just know that they're in the computers and Apple's making a bunch of them now and all that. You're, you're always up to date on what's about to be released, what's new and, and, and all that. So I don't really know what, what they can do regarding size or not. Well, if these A-series processors keep improving in performance at the rate they are. Yeah, if, if that happens, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be the case of hitting the wall that one would possibly run into. Well, they've been saying that for a long time, and they keep making smaller um, transistors and faster processors. I think, I don't know if Moore's Law is still being respected, the fact that they um, double in speed every 18 months. I don't know if it's slowed down a little bit. We will eventually hit a wall, but then we're going to get into quantum computing, and things are going to change. Well... Regardless here, I suppose that this is a discussion that we can have better. After the 30th, we see what Apple has announced. Does it meet predictions? Are there going to be any surprises? Is Apple going to do something to really, really get Mac sales back up there? Because obviously it's pretty important as much as many people say, well, it's the iPhone. Well, the iPhone sales are relatively flat. It's just having more expensive models that boost income. The Apple Watch is doing well. We still got to have a big Mac ecosystem. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners, where can they find more of your stuff? You can find me on my website, Kirkville. It's at www.kirkville.com. And you can check out a couple of my podcasts. Um, my podcast about music is called The Next Track at... Uh, got to remember what the URL is. My podcast about music is called The Next Track. You can find that at thenexttrack.com. And I also do a podcast about photography called Photoactive, and you can find it at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. Neighbors, don't forget that the best possible way to support the Tech Night Out Live is to become a member of Tech Night Out Plus. It's the version of the show right off the master tape, and therefore, it's free of the network commercials. For more details, check plus.technightowl.com once again go to plus.technightowl.com Kirk McElhern thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live thanks for having me again thank you for listening to GCN be sure to visit GCNlive.com today Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs, while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at HBExtract.com or to order, call 866 866- 295-5305 That's 866-295-5305 HBExtract.com Don't risk it when you can take charge of it.
pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill. So what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice. And it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website, sunshinepillows.com, or call us, 253-678-1361. Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's a clip from the Rachel Ray Show testing the results of Instantly Ageless. Board certified dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bowe. If you're looking to try to turn back the clock on a budget, you know, in the privacy of your own home, but actually there's some recent technologies emerging, almost like changes the behavior of the skin while it sits on the skin. She went off to try a product called instantly ageless yeah instantly you could see a difference even the cameraman were like wow look at the difference yeah I mean, but i would definitely use this product this Within minutes of applying it, it was actually a very dramatic rejuvenation. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So we have Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer joining us. And before we get started with the tech stuff, and we have, of course, that Apple event coming on the 30th of October, I want to get into pop culture because he says he's behind because he has to do real work. You did see the film Justice League, though, right? I did, yes. What did you think? It, it was okay. It, it was certainly better than Batman versus Superman. And, uh, and I really like Wonder Woman. So uh, it was great to see a Wonder Woman movie where they had other characters with her. 
Well, certainly we understand that Josh Sweden took over the project after Zack Snyder supposedly left because he was mourning his deceased daughter, although some say he was just fired. But apparently they had to have that film come in at two hours. They couldn't let it go for yeah. two and a half hours like the other movies. And supposedly they truncated the plot so really good scenes left you know, and remain it on the cutting like, room floor. It, it felt like stuff was missing from that movie. Yeah, it felt like you go into the bathroom for 10 minutes to shave and you come back and you didn't see that part of the movie. Yeah, and that's that's why I would love to see a director's cut of Justice League. There are rumors of a Zack Snyder Justice League cut because supposedly the mm -hmm. Ray Fisher who did Cyborg says they filmed lots of stuff that wasn't shown. They filmed almost enough for two movies. There was going to be a Justice League 1 and a Justice League 2. Mm -hmm. But in the wake of this, what's happened is Henry Cavill apparently is out as Superman. Yep, I've heard that. And Ben Affleck, or Affleck, is out as Batman. Mm-hmm. And my wife said good in the background. <laughs> she doesn't like Ben Affleck as Batman. I understand it's Batman in his late 40s. I think, he, I think Ben Affleck played a really good older Batman. It's, it, it was a believable older Batman to me. If Batman's going to be old, that was the way to play him. On the other hand, why did it have to be that way? If you're going to have Superman as someone just getting started in the superhero business, why not have a Batman who is younger to work with him? It didn't make sense except to write the role to fit Affleck. I felt like that was part of it. They, they were writing it for, for Ben Affleck. And I think the other part of it was that since they were adapting the Dark Knight miniseries, the Frank Miller Dark Knight, uh, Return of the Dark Knight, and it's an older Batman fighting Superman, I think that they kind of uh, relied on that too much. Well, at the end of the day, like I said, it seemed like most of the film, but big parts cut out. Another half hour, 40 minutes, I think would have made a difference and might have made a difference at the box office. Okay. So mm -hmm. we don't really know what DC Comics is going to do about the movies now. And that might reflect decisions being made on the TV shows from the CW, which are doing decently well. Mm -hmm. So we, there's another Wonder Woman movie being made. The Flash movie with a different Flash than the Flash that's on TV. Pushed out. Pushed out. Again. Next mm -hmm. year, we have Shazam. And Shazam uh -huh. is being played with more younger audience overtones because they have... Young Billy Batson, age 15, becomes mm -hmm. Shazam, not Captain Marvel anymore, which was the original name before lawsuits came in. Shazam, right. he'd say Shazam, he'd be Captain Marvel. But they can't call him Captain Marvel because of Marvel Comics and copyrights and such. So the thing is here, the big thing about the superhero, the new version of Shazam, is that it's basically Billy Batson in a superhero's body. It's not like a totally different person. And therefore you, know, you have, it's like Big, the Tom Hanks film, where this young guy is in the body of a 38-year-old man, Zachary mm -hmm. Levi. And most of those muscles are real, by the way, the ones you see in the trailers. Most of those are real because he shows you a picture. He worked out hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And he's a good 
comic actors. So that's part of it. But that's part of it there. The charm, supposedly, is this young guy learns to be an adult as a superhero, how to function as a superhero. And he does very dumb things at the beginning, then later on, supposedly, does less dumb things. So they're going to try that next year and see how that works. And then we have the second Wonder Woman movie. Mm -hmm. And then The Flash has moved out a couple of years. But now changes are made in the DC Comics on TV. So, for example, at one time you couldn't see Superman show up in Supergirl. The first season, you had just the shadow of somebody. He's a present. He's a presence. Mm -hmm. He sends instant messages to Supergirl, but you don't see him. Then they hire Tyler Hoechlin to be Superman for season two, and guess what? He's really good. He plays a really good Clark Uh Kent. Not as goofy as the Christopher Reeve version, but that's the Superman you like. This guy is, you know, he's quick with the quips. He's not suffering from all sorts of emotional baggage. This is the Superman you remember. And he's going to be back this year. In the first season of Supergirl, they had Lucy Lane. This year, they have Lois Lane is coming to to the series during the crossover. They're going to have Lois Lane there, played by the lead actress from Grimm. Oh, okay. Remember her? Bitsy Tullock or Elizabeth Tullock? I think that's how they pronounce it. Tullock or Tullich? I thought it was Tullock, but... All right, but Elizabeth Tullock is going to be Lois Lane, because they talked about Lois Lane, now we have Lois Lane. Guess who's going to be cast next? Lex Luthor. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. H- having Lex Luthor show up, I like that. And we have to see how he reacts to the two people who play his mom and his sister. So that's going to be interesting. Some people want, what's his name, Michael Rosenbaum from Smallville? Oh, right. Uh Uh-huh. Because he's about the right age. And I really liked his Lex Luthor. Yes. He's the right age now. He's, in fact, he's, yeah, 46. He's the right age. He's a good actor. However, even though they've had people in the past who have played on other genre shows in Supergirl, this would be the first time the guy who played Lex Luthor does it again. Who would play Lex Luthor? So that's the big cast. That's going to be a big ratings item. You've got Superman, Lois Lane, Lex Luthor. Why do you need the movies? Do you have Lois Lane now? So why do you need the movies? Well, they have Wonder Woman, of course. Of course, they have Wonder Woman back on Supergirl 2, only she's the alien president of the United States. Are you oh, staying with me th- now? That's right. That's right. I remember Linda Carter but was on uh, Supergirl 2. Yep. You know, I think DC should stick to television. They they do the TV stuff really well. And uh, and then let them make animated movies, because they do those really well, too. And then stay away from the live-action superhero movies. Except right, but the Batman movies that Chris Nolan did were pretty good. They did very, very so, well at the box office. Except I could yes. not stand the Batman voice. I think they needed to make it more like the Batman voice that Affleck uses. Affleck uses, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole, oh, I'm Batman sort of thing was uh, kind of weird. You see, at least with Adam West, he sounded the same. Okay? And speaking of anything, with Superman, when Bud Collier played Superman on the radio, 
he used a different voice. He had Clark Kent speak in a higher pitched voice. Then, mm-hmm. and he say, "Hi, this is Clark Kent, and now I am Superman." You see, well, Christopher Reeve did a little of that in yeah, separating Reeve, the characters, but felt like you didn't did see it in any other thing. Superman presentation. Yeah, I felt like like Christopher Reeve. What he did was more uh, uh, make Clark Kent sound uh, insecure and make Superman sound secure, th- so you know, and confident. We got more to come with Jeff Gamet off of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. 
Individuals and businesses with tax problems listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. 800-301-5435. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So as you say, yes, they'd make Clark Kent to be, you know, very insecure, very goofy, and they'd make Superman, well, he's Superman. I think they overdid it. I think they overdid it with the comic book stuff. Like Otis, the henchman for yeah. Lex Luthor. I thought that Gene Hackman made a fine Luthor, but his dialogue was way, way over the top. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they had to start somewhere and figure out what was going to really work for the superhero movies. And that first Christopher Reeve Superman movie, I mean, that that really opened the door so that we could have everything that followed. And yeah, the, the Gene Hackman, Lex Luthor, th- there was a little bit over the top, a little bit too too campy, but uh, it was still fun. Otis, I could have done without. Right, and that's played by an Academy Award-nominated actor, too. You know, mm. That was the one thing they did there. They were able to show you could take a large budget, A-list actors, and put them in a superhero movie. And that was the trend followed much later. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Gary Oldman, you have Christian Bale in Batman Begins, things like that. And mm-hmm. they did the same thing with the X-Men series. For the Marvel comics, have A-list actors go in there and play key roles, and they'll spend $200, $300 million on those movies. It made sense. But we agree that Christopher Reeve began. You see, when they did Superman on TV with... George Reeves, no relation, because George mm-hmm. Reeves wasn't his real name. They played it modestly straight in the first year or two. Then they made it more goofy. But they had like a dollar and a half for special effects. Right. So they couldn't do very much. They had very ridiculous special effects because they had no budget. In fact, they paid everybody nothing 
or scale or hardly much more in scale, except for George Reeves, who was one of the best paid actors in TV. And he did a lot for the whole superhero genre as well. I wonder if we could have had our 1966 Batman if George Reeve hadn't been Superman first. Well, maybe, but the thing is here, there were two Batman movie serials in the 1940s, and the costumes were horrendous. You had straight B-movie actors in there, and they played it fairly straight. With Batman on TV, it was just all the way. They took comic books to the extreme because comic books could not be serious. They had to be goofy and wacky and over the top. It wasn't until, you know, we had the success of Spider-Man and Marvel Comics characters where you show that just because you're a superhero doesn't make you perfect. You still have your other problems. Like if you're a teenage superhero, you still have the pimples and the problems with girls and such or boys, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas with the CWTV, they're playing it fairly straight, although they've gone back with Flash to make it a little lighter, more comedic. The other ones are played pretty straight, and of course, Arrow is grim. It's kind of like Batman. Mm-hmm. It owes a lot to Batman, Green Arrow, and they make it grim. Supergirl is down the middle and everything, and I'm curious to see now that they're bringing in characters you didn't expect them to bring because they were from the movies to TV, how far they're going to take it. The next thing is to say, okay, we'll do a Superman TV series. I'm wondering if they're going to, because they, they already have a great actor playing Superman. Well, they and have to get him free from his other commitments. He's a working actor. He does a lot of work. He's not just doing three or four episodes of Superman. Yeah, but we're talking about an industry where if you really want to make a TV show happen, there's money that, that can move around and then that TV show can happen. I was going to look at Tyler Hoechlin, what he's currently doing right now. And he's just a perfect age, of course. He's now, what, almost he'll be 31. And I'm looking at his credits here, and he's in a TV series called Another Life. I never heard of that series. Have you? No, I haven't. Okay, and then he's in a movie called Can You Keep a Secret? And I could see, possibly, where they come up with a Superman series, but then how does that compete with Supergirl? I guess they put it on separate nights so you can watch both. They're not going to put them together. Then one is playing against the other. That's exactly what they could do. They could have a superhero week, essentially, on CW. Because you have Supergirl, Green Arrow, Flash, and then Superman. And then they could still do crossover things like they're doing now. And And Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, I forgot Legends of Tomorrow. There you go. You You have a whole week of shows right there. But they won't do Wonder Woman because she's doing so well in the movies. Yeah, uh, and I think Wonder Woman, at least for now, that property is better served on the big screen. But you know, the big mistake DC made was to have two superhero universes, which oh, Marvel yeah. won't do. Even though Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. hasn't been a super performer on TV, it shares and exists in the same universe. So they can occasionally, and they haven't done it much at all, They brought Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury on. Mm -hmm. At least refer or bring in people from the movie universe. I think in terms of superhero shows with DC Comics, they do mention that Superman did kill General Zod. It's mentioned on the TV series. So they share that. And I think ultimately the best way to do it is to have one universe. 
That's I it. agree. And then if you make an occasional movie, but it's the same actor, how do you accept Grant Gustin as the Flash and Ezra Klein as the Flash? Yeah, totally the different Klein approaches Flash. to the character. Yeah, it, it feels to me like what they wanted, a D, a DC for their movies, they wanted to have a Spider-Man. So they brought Ezra in, and he's the Peter Parker Spider-Man sort of character, but it's Flash. It was okay in in Justice League, but I think I'd have a hard time with a whole movie of that. Well, maybe they realize that, too, because they've had several writers, producers, directors. You know, we'll leave that where it is, superheroes. We look forward to seeing the casting of Lex Luthor. And now mm -hmm. we do something else called technology. Have you heard of that technology? Isn't that sounds vaguely familiar. What kind of technology? Well, we're going to look at, we have, of course, Apple's media event in Brooklyn. Hey, we're going back to my old hometown in Brooklyn. Huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, we're going to do that. Yeah. I could do that, by the way. I'm from Brooklyn, so I can get away with, with doing a bad Brooklyn imitation because I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. And I am not, so I so I will not even try. iPod and Mac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this media event that's coming up on the 30th, what I'm expecting is that Apple is going to devote the whole event to the iPad Pro and Apple Pencil. So we'll be getting new versions of both. I think if we do get new Macs, that will be a separate press release, and it won't be something that they actually cover during the media event. Kind of, sort of, like the way they introduced the 2018 MacBook Pros. Yes. Okay, but yeah. what they could also do is just very quickly, at the end, oh, but, you know, here's the Mac, because if they don't do that, they are accused of not caring about Macs. So you got to have something about the Mac at that session. They're going to be accused of not caring for the Mac, no matter what they do. They could roll out new Macs at the event, and people would still say they don't care about the Mac because they're unhappy with the specs of whatever these new machines would be. And they would say, Apple just tossed that out there to appease us. Uh, Apple could totally do that. But my Jedi instincts are telling me this is going to be an iPad-specific event. And any new Macs will just get a press release, and that'll be that. Okay, maybe. I thought, though, if they included Mac as part of this, they would have a two-minute segment on the upcoming Mac Pro. Coming in 2019, the new Mac Pro, and give us a little bit of a hint. I mean, they've said they're making a new Mac Pro. It's not a secret. That's true. If we could get an update uh, on the Mac Pro. But honestly, I'll be surprised if it does ship in 2019. I think it's coming in in 2020. Why would it take so long? Well, first we have the the information about Apple doing these these uh, polls with a lot of Mac users to find out what they want in a new computer. We also have the news from Apple that they are deep into a lot of the different markets where pro Mac users are, where, where they're, they're, they're basically embedding themselves in with people so that they can learn how, how pro Macs are used. And then we also have what, what I think is going to be a big part of this, which is a processor change. 
More to come with Jeff Gamet. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now there is Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal with polypeptide technology from Natural Botanicals to return to a full body shiny head of hair. Reveal works for men and women and has a 30-day money-back guarantee. Look for preferred customer discount on Reveal at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we're talking here about what we might expect from Apple and the Mac, whether or not it's going to be part of the event on October 30th. And you were saying, Jeff Gamet? And I was saying, I think that Apple, because they, they've been doing this thing where they're embedding their people with pros that are using Macs right now to learn how they're being used, because they're doing the thing where they're sending out surveys to, to Mac users to see what features they need, what sorts of things they're doing with the computers. I think those are, are big hints that Apple is still figuring out exactly what the machine needs to be. But then we also have the the whole thing with Adobe announcing Photoshop Creative Cloud for the iPad coming in 2019. That means a full version of Photoshop, like desktop Photoshop, running on Apple's A-series processors. And I think this is Adobe working in conjunction with Apple testing out their pro app features on the processors now 
that eventually versions of these processors will be in Macs. So I, I think Apple's custom processors are coming in 2020. That's the current prediction, by the way, that Apple moves to the A-series processors in 2020 and 2021. And as and you I say, by Adobe doing this, working with Apple, which, of course, is what they said at that, that meeting with Phil Schiller shows up, that Apple and Adobe, and we know Apple and Microsoft are closer these days because Microsoft is only too happy to sell everything for all platforms. Mm-hmm. They announced the Mac and PC version of Office at the same time for 2019. What does that mean? It means that they expect you to have a similar experience with both. Maybe Mm -hmm. the Windows version has more apps, but the basic Word, Excel, PowerPoint functionality should be mostly the same for both platforms because Microsoft likes that. So we can see Microsoft will enhance its version of Office for iOS, but they have experience with that already. So working mm-hmm. with those processors is not going to be a big deal for them. The only thing that I keep asking about this, if Apple is going to go a series processor, and I mean your Mac might be a bit cheaper because Apple doesn't have to pay so much money to Intel. Mm-hmm. But That's a possibility. What happens with virtualization? Can Apple emulate Intel with a super fast chip where it won't be much slower? Maybe. That's a really good question, and I've thought about it too. It's possible that Apple could do something like have um, uh, A-series processors in all the Macs, but the Pro, Desktop Pro Macs, also have an Intel processor. So you have this whole coprocessor thing going on, which lets you run a wider range of applications and not have to do the processor virtualization to run Windows. And understand these A-series processors cost, what, $20 to make? They're much, much cheaper than mm-hmm. Intel processors. Much cheaper. Now, I would expect an A-series processor for a Mac would cost more, but it's still going to be significantly cheaper than buying chips from Intel. Or they could have the Intel coprocessor strictly for machines that do virtualization. It wouldn't be the fastest Intel processor, just an adequate one to give you that capability. Or Apple licenses Intel instruction sets. They pay a check, and they can do the Intel instruction sets with the A-series processors. Yeah, so yeah, there are options open to Apple, so we can still have good virtualization. In terms of emulation, obviously, for older apps, Apple knows how to do that already. We don't even have to think about that. I think Apple, by the way they're writing their operating systems And the fact they were already cross-platform in the sense that iOS and Mac OS are kissing cousins or brothers, sisters or whatever, Mm -hmm. it's no big deal for Apple to engage in this processor switch. The first step being the coprocessor, being the systems on a chip on the MacBook Pros, on the iMac Pro, probably the next iMac and certainly on the Mac Pro. That's a huge step towards making this a possibility. Look, right now it takes over low-level functions and it takes over everything. Yeah, these are all things that are telling me that the Mac Pro is not coming in 2019. I still don't see that. I don't see that. I don't see that yet. I still think Apple could do it. It may not happen until the summer. Well, okay, so so if I'm wrong, then you can... 
you can have me on and call me out for it. How's that sound? Listen, they call me out for lots of things. Okay. I'll call you. I'll call you lots of things, but nothing that can't be said on radio. That works for me. Okay. No, I'll take that prediction that the Mac Pro be another year. I kind of think at this point, Apple has made the promise. And I think the Mac Pro promise is a lot more than just, it's a lot more than a charging dock. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, and I'll be surprised if we, if we ever get that, uh, that air power charging dock. I just, it, it feels like that just isn't coming together for Apple. I don't see why not Apple can do all this other stuff. Why can't they do that? Well, it's because what they want to do is more than, than uh, a charging pad, wireless charging pad for three devices. They, they have this vision of what it needs to be far beyond that. And I don't think that, that uh, the technology is there yet. And I think they found, found that out the hard way because they announced the product and now they actually can't make it. I could be wrong there, but I'm not holding out any hope to, for seeing that uh, that air power charging pad anytime soon. Well, I don't care. How about that? I don't care. Let's just go back to the last introduction because we haven't had you on in a few weeks. Did you buy a new iPhone or a new Apple Watch? I bought the new Apple Watch, but I did not get the new iPhone. And the the reason I didn't get the new iPhone was because I got caught by the the whole thing with the annual upgrade plan from from AT and T, where they let us upgrade early for the past couple years, and this time they decided, nope, all those early upgrades we're tacking the time on now. So it, it turns out that my annual upgrade plan is uh I, I can't upgrade until spring so i decided all right i'll just keep the iphone 10 play with my friends 10 plus whenever they get them and uh and call it good but the apple watch series 4 i upgraded from a series 3 and i am really happy that i did i i am very pleased with this watch the uh the bigger display i didn't think it would make that much of a difference but it's it's quite a difference. It's substantially faster, even though my Series 3 was. It's, uh, uh, it has the better speakers, so it's easier to hear when I'm not using my AirPods. And the microphone is better, so I just have better audio quality all the way around. The fall detection is a nice add-on. And I'm looking forward to when Apple can turn on the, the EKG, excuse me, ECG uh, heart rate monitor feature. And I'll, I'll use that all the time. Now, when it comes to ECG, I saw advertised on television the other day a standalone device for $100 just for that one function. So yeah. having something as part of a $400 watch, well, it's got lots of other things it does. Right. And it's it's great because it's always with you, which means that... If you're someone that's having some sort of heart uh, or other cardiovascular issue where this data can be really valuable, instead of getting a reading every few weeks, if you're going to your doctor every uh, day, 
if you are using one of these standalone devices, you can be taking readings throughout the day. So you can have uh, hundreds of readings over a month for your doctor. Let me give you an interesting example here about that. Uh And we'll go into that in our next segment with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Marijuana has unleashed a green gold rush across our nation. It's creating $10.8 billion in new wealth a year. And every day, it's transforming more and more Americans into millionaires. In an historic event, former Speaker of the House John Boehner reveals how you could become one of them. Join him online for the American Cannabis Summit. Attendance is 100% free, but space is limited. To secure your spot, text JOIN to 44055. This event is the first of its kind ever. John Boehner and an esteemed panel will reveal which cannabis stocks are primed to deliver life-changing windfalls in the weeks and months ahead. Plus, they will show you how to become a cannabis angel investor, backing the hottest startups before they potentially become worth billions of dollars. To join American Cannabis Summit, text JOIN to 44055. Attendance is free. Text JOIN to 44055. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg, and we're going to talk about ECG. Now, ahead of having major surgery, my wife had a pre-op exam at her doctor's mm-hmm. office, and she took an EKG, which is the other version. That's the one they stick all the probes on your body. Mm-hmm. And she used a, a body lotion, and it made it kind of difficult to get the thing to stick properly, get those little probes to stick properly. So what happens here, and we think that's the reason, her reading indicated that she possibly once had a mild heart attack, which, of course, she has not. She's never had a heart attack, and she's taken EKGs before, never a problem. So she goes to a cardiologist, and the cardiologist is more, shall we say, proficient mm-hmm. at putting on those probes, and there's no problem. She did not expect there was a problem. It was an error on the part of the operator. Now, if you have this little probe, it's not going to be as wide-ranging as the EKG. It's like a subset, the ECG. She'd be able to take that and look for the key symptoms without having to worry about it mm-hmm. and wouldn't have to go through all those silly probes. On the other hand, if you're getting anomalous readings, then, of course, you can alert your doctor if it's consistent. And I see where the Apple Watch has come into its own here, where I guess at the beginning Apple didn't know quite what it's going to be. They have a $10,000 edition because they want to think of it's possibly jewelry. And then they realize health and fitness, and that's where the Apple Watch has become the number one best-selling watch on the planet. The problem is still the same. The battery life isn't long enough. When you buy an expensive watch, you expect to have it for 10, 20 years. An Apple Watch, two or three years, it's gone. Right. And for some people, they won't hold the watch even that long. Now, of course, for me, it's my job to have the new products. So I've had every version of Apple Watch. And I have a lot of happy family members because they now have my previous Apple Watches. But yeah, for most people, an Apple Watch will be at least three years between upgrades. And... For uh, for a regular watch, you may buy one buy one watch and have it for 10, 15, 20 years. Not so with an Apple Watch. 
quite different. Does that justify spending $400 for, for one? That's a difficult question. Obviously, it hasn't hurt sales so far. Apple reporting, even though they don't in release specific sales, they report double-digit growth. It's the number one best-selling watch on the planet. Who could have thunk it? Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of watchmakers didn't think it would happen, but uh, but here we are. For me, I look at Apple Watch as this really useful wrist-top computer and information system that also has a watch in it. And it's interesting. I bet today's Apple Watch is far more powerful than the earlier iPhones. It is. And the, actually, the screen resolution on the current Apple Watch is much higher than the original iPhone. So even though it's a tinier screen, you, you have more usable space on an Apple Watch screen than you did on the original iPhone. All on that tiny, tiny device. And remember here, what's happened is that Apple continues to produce these things continues to do major upgrades they do uh, but i'm with you on the watch or excuse me the battery part i would love to see battery life on this more than a day and i know a lot of people with series 4 are saying they're they're going 2 days without thinking about charging but for someone like me who who would like to use a device like this in the backcountry it's uh, it's an urban device still because I need to have three, four, five days battery life, and uh, and what I really have is one. Supposedly, the battery is slightly smaller on the new Apple Watch, but the efficiency of the hardware makes the difference. Am I wrong? No, you've got that right, and it's. It, it's clearly working because I've noticed that my new Apple Watch does go longer with its charge. Uh, so but by that, I mean, at the end of the day, when I put my watch on the charger, there's still a lot more power in the battery than I had compared to my Series 3. So instead of having, say, like 20% like battery left at the end of the day, I have 30 or 40%. And, uh, and that is significant. Well, it guarantees a full day, which I think okay. helps. Obviously, new battery technology and better, more efficient chips might help. Apple continues to look for different types of display technologies that might use less power. That might also help. We have to see what future Apple Watches are about. I think Apple Watch, when it went to LTE, began to hit stride in the third generation. Mm -hmm. and now adding ECG and other features. And the walkie-talkie, so you can say, hello, Dick Tracy, hello, Dick Tracy. You see, they finally did that. You know, and the funny thing is, most of the people that will use that feature have no idea what the reference is to Dick Tracy. But there it is. And actually, I found the walkie-talkie feature to be really useful. It's not just a, a little gimmick for me. A, a lot of the, the messages that I have going back and forth with people that previously involved me either stopping and pulling my phone out and typing or or uh, trying to dictate to my watch, they've become really fast uh, voice messages back and forth. It's It's surprisingly efficient. 
I'm looking for the next generation Apple Watch. When it becomes something that will take over your entire brain. The Apple Watch True AI. Where you can push a button and then the whole screen fills the void above you. I, I can see where a lot of people would buy that really fast. Only $370,000 for each one. Apple doesn't do that. People say Apple makes exclusive devices. And then they realize some people pay close to $1,000 for a Samsung Galaxy Note 9 or more. But then mm -hmm. again, Samsung doesn't sell much of those things, do they? Uh, it doesn't seem that they sell on the scale that iPhone and iPad do. No, I mean, Samsung may sell more units than Apple. But Samsung's making most of its profits from selling components to Apple. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good gig they have going for themselves. Yeah. That is. That is interesting. But that's always been true. It's just that Apple finally, finally got that vibe after all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Samsung and Apple shook hands. They made their settlement. No more fighting. And in exchange, Samsung makes lots of money. More to come. I'm the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project, so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, Make sure you do this. 
For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Don't become dependent on the medical system. Get and stay healthy naturally with Extendivite. Metals in the liver cause peroxides to get dumped into the bloodstream. Peroxides do more damage than free radicals to the arteries, and the LDL has no protection from peroxides, causing the LDL to get stuck in the arteries, creating a potential blockage. Extendivite slowly chelates the metals away from the liver so it can dispose of what was meant to be a harmless process, peroxide. Extendivite's seven herbs has a job to strengthen the organs and circulatory highway. Can you afford a heart attack? Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extend Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. We have Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Isle Live. Okay, so obviously you kept... Your iPhone? You got a new Apple Watch? Mm-hmm. Do you need a new Mac? I'm okay for right now, but that's only because my Mac is is pretty new. I, I have a Touch Bar MacBook Pro, but there's a lot of people that need a new Mac, and I think Apple really needs to get some new Macs out on the market. But is it at all correct that the reason Mac sales have flagged is because of the lack of new models? I mean, this summer we had new MacBook Pros. That's the biggest selling model, right? And we saw a spike in sales. I think if Apple were to roll out new Macs more uh, frequently, that we would see this decline in Mac sales stop, and we'd see an increase again. Or at least distribute the updates throughout the year. So we had the notebooks in the summer, this fall, maybe we'll have iMac, maybe a cheaper MacBook to replace the Mm -hmm. MacBook Air. We'll have something like that, maybe even a Mac Mini. Do you expect to see a new Mac Mini? I don't know. I I would like to see a new Mac Mini, but we're at, what, four years now? 
Is that is that right? Really, four years since they've done a significant update to the Mac Mini. They need to do something for that. Price. That was not an update. That was a downgrade. Yeah. Okay. So the last time they did a real change to the Mac Mini was about four years ago. That part of the market, that's something that Apple needs to address. I would love to see an updated, uh, basically completely redesigned at this point, Mac Mini that's modern and powerful and yet still in that uh, in that lower price range. Matter of fact, I'd love to see it on the 30th, but I don't know if we will. Well, of course, we also have to face the fact that here, Tim Cook has said they love the Mac Mini. You don't love a computer you haven't updated in four years without the intent of making a new version. Yeah, in this case, I'm thinking the term love is being used inappropriately because this sure feels like a neglected product, not, not something that's getting love. I kind of think there'll be a new Mac Mini. I think it'll be more like the HP Mini Workstation, where it will take on more capabilities, have more processor upgrade possibilities, start fairly cheap, but you can make it much more expensive. It'd be a way of getting a really powerful, headless computer without having to go and spend for an iMac or an iMac Pro. This is going to be for the rest of us. Man, I would love if that's what Apple did with the Mac Mini. What HP has done with their compact desktop computers is really impressive. And it should have Apple embarrassed right now because of the Mac Mini. They need to do something that that makes the Mac Mini modern. And I would love to see it as a device where you actually can pop it open and you can do upgrades to the thing. But I don't know if Apple's going to go that route. They they really love having the computers sealed up. And what I'm wondering is if they'll give us a, a reasonably powered computer that's sealed completely, but has Thunderbolt 3 ports, so you can expand it through plugging in stuff on the outside and then save the true expandability, being able to open up the case and add new uh, peripherals and add uh, more memory, things like that, that will end up getting saved for the Mac Pro. But that's what kind of what I'm thinking right now. It will not be the mythical mid-range Mac mini tower that a certain <laughs> former writer for Macworld magazine envisioned. I would love to see that but I don't expect to see that. Well, this could be the closest thing to it. It wouldn't be a mini tower. It'd be a compact computer, probably the same size as the current Mac mini because they can do so many more things there. And if Apple can put in a really interesting cooling system, maybe an entry-level Xeon. Yeah, totally an option. And if you have Thunderbolt 3 on the computer, that means that you can do the external expansion card chassis you can do the the external gpu boxes you can make the computer really powerful but you're going to have a lot of cables stringing off of it to make that happen apple wants a future generation of these products to be totally wireless in the sense that peripherals could be connected wirelessly and still retain their throughput that would be cool, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. 
especially if you're trying to to drive a high resolution 4K 5K display plus have uh, data going back and forth from storage devices and dealing with other peripherals. I think we're still in a world where cables are going to be necessary for power users. So will the new Mac Mini, if it comes, be fundamentally an iMac without a display or a top-of-the-line MacBook Pro without a display? I'm, I'm thinking more like, uh, like an iMac without a display. At least that's the path I hope they take. Well, that's what I hoped the Mac Mini could become, but of course it ended up being, what, a MacBook Air without a display. So it really didn't go that far. And maybe Apple look at the wrong market or allow the market to find itself and now they know what they need to do to make it better. Do you think there's going to be a version 2 iMac Pro yet or is there even a new Xeon processor to put in there? See, those things don't come out as often. Yeah, they don't come out as often. But there have been enough changes in chips and other components. Apple could do an iMac Pro upgrade or refresh with faster processors and that would be really nice to see because are we a little over a year now since the the uh the iMac Pro came out it's i can't remember or i guess we're at about a year because it was december so yeah we should we should get a new iMac Pro it's it's time and i read about this new 28 core Intel Xeon, a new generation of those. That's the Mac Pro processor, don't you think? Yes. If Apple were to release a Mac Pro soon, that's what should be in it. Question for Apple is when soon? I still think at this point, if Apple moved the Mac Pro to another year beyond 2019, nobody would believe them. Yeah, Apple's in a in a very bad place right now with the Mac Pro. I I don't think they can deliver the Mac Pro that they want in 2019. And pushing it out to 2020, I think that it's going to be hard to uh, find a market for that computer because everyone will have moved on. They have to come out with something really, really good and upgradable this spring, no later than this coming spring. I, I agree, and I don't think it's coming this spring. I don't think they're going to hit the deadline that you and I have. I don't know. They've been supposedly working on this, what, two years now? Two and a half years? Why can't they? Well, if if they're going the path that I think they are, where it's their own processors instead of Intel chips, they I don't think they can do it in 2019. But the next Mac Pro doesn't have to be that. It could be using Intel Xeon processors. It could. Uh, I think that would mean that Apple is developing two Mac Pros in tandem. And they very well could be. I mean, they've got essentially all the money in the world, so it's not like they can't afford to develop two brand new Macs uh, in parallel. But I don't know if that's what they're really doing. Every Mac that's out there now has been developed in parallel. Apple can do that and buy a couple of countries on the side. Yeah. Yes, they could. Yep. I have no doubt whatever that Apple can do something like that, and that would represent no problem. More to come, final segment on the Tech Night Out Live.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts UP77 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting UP77 to 88988. That's UP77 to 88988.
This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm here with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer after a brief discussion at the beginning of pop culture. The changes in the DC Comics universe, we've got into iPhones and the Apple Watch and new Macs. The iPad, we now are going to have coming next year, a full version of Photoshop on the iPad. So mm-hmm. is the iPad going to be kind of sort of what we've been envisioning, which is it's going to be narrow screen bezels. It's going to be face ID. It's going to have a notch, I guess. I don't think it'll have a notch, but but I think you nailed the the overall design. I think it's not going to have a notch because there's enough of a bezel that uh, there, there'll be room to fit everything in, uh, especially because you won't have the speaker for your ear like you do on an iPhone. So get rid of that those extra little hardware bits that you have to have specifically for a phone. And I think there's plenty of room for the camera and sensors. So no notch on the iPad Pro. Thinner bezels, no home button, so it'll use Face ID just like the iPhone 10, 10S, and 10R. And it will have, I'm guessing, the same little uh, receiver thing that the 9.7-inch iPad has now so that you can use an Apple Pencil or, well, currently the Logitech Crayon without actually pairing. You just tap on the screen with the stylus and, and go. I think we'll have something like that. And and I think that will be one of the features of the new Apple Pencil is that you don't have to pair it to use it. You just start using it. And I'm at the point now where I'm believing the reports that the iPad Pro will have a USB-C port on it instead of a lightning connector and will support external displays up to 4K. That will be the first generation proof of concept in the iPad to show that they can have a Mac powered by A-series processors. Oh, absolutely. Because at that point, basically what Apple has done is created a touch interface computer that they could call a Mac if they really wanted to, but it needs to be called an iPad. It's the first step. And I think the first A-series equipped Mac will be one that has, that's a smaller form factor, one of the low-end MacBooks to get things started and then move up the line. The key, again, of course, is virtualization, how Apple wants to address that. Mm-hmm. Apple's a very clever company, so the virtualization thing, th- they'll figure it out. And they they will probably work with companies like Parallels to make sure that it's it's a thing that actually works. 
Apple could also license technology from Intel, pay them a check, with the understanding, look here, when you get the plants to fabricate our 7 nanometer chips, we'll use them. Yeah, that's been a real problem for Intel, getting down into uh, into smaller fabrication sizes. So, if, yeah, if Intel can get down to that 7 nanometer area, I, I could see Apple using them as a supplier. For now, though, for their custom stuff, looks like uh, TSMC is the place they're going. And TSMC gets a 7 nanometer. Samsung has it, too, now. I think they've got it working. So Apple could go to Samsung to make chips because Apple and Samsung are friends again. Or at least they're happy to do business with one another. Yeah, I, I think the word is frenemies. Yeah, but you see, with Microsoft and Apple, they're closer because... Right now, Microsoft is happier to extend its key online platforms and work with Apple on that. But yeah, I agree mm-hmm. with Samsung. But Samsung is not making a huge amount of money from its smartphones. I think that they have a really good reputation as a parts supplier. But in some markets, their reputation is a wee bit tarnished for the products they're making. Looking at what Apple might have. Anything you think might be a surprise. So one more thing. Well, okay. So we already know everything about the phones because they've been announced and they're either shipping or are in pre-order stage. The big surprise that I think Apple could drop on us would be more information about the Mac Pro. Because I think we've pretty much figured out what the iPad Pro is going to be. And uh, we have good ideas of what Apple is doing on the the new laptop area. So Mac Pro, if Apple wants to give us a big surprise, it's going to be there. All they have to do is show like a two-minute video. Coming soon, the next Mac Pro in 2019. Don't have to deliver a date at all. Anything mm-hmm. else left for Apple to introduce? Certainly not a mini version of the HomePod. No, it's way too early for for that. I think Apple eventually will do something along those lines, but not for a while. Their modus operandi is to make a product, saturate the market to you know to whatever extent that they feels appropriate. And then they go to a lower price point and they work on saturating that area and then go down again. The perfect example of this is the iPod, because that, that's exactly what they did. They started high and then slowly added in lower tiers. And I, and I think that's what we'll get with the HomePod. So eventually we'll have a little mini speaker microphone HomePod thing, but it's not coming at the end of October, and uh, it's not coming this year. And with the iPhone, however, they've gone upscale because the market is saturated. How do you get more money? How do you increase profits? You need to get more bang for each buck. Therefore, if you know you're going to sell a consistent number of iPhones year after year with a minor change, make them more expensive. Although I think Apple with the iPhone XS Max, that's about as far as they can go. But then they said that last year with the iPhone X. And other smartphone makers are pushing their price points up as well. While I'd like to think we've hit the ceiling on smartphone prices, I don't think we've really hit the ceiling on smartphone prices. Remember that there are other $1,000 smartphones out there. Maybe they sell two or three of them, but they exist. Mm-hmm. 
And I think we'll, we'll see more $1,000 smartphones over the next year. We'll see the luxury smartphones. They'll, they'll kind of creep up in price over time, too. Doesn't sound creepy to me. Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the stuff that you do. Well, you can find me, along with a lot of other excellent writers, over at MacObserver.com. And if you want to see what I'm doing when I'm working and sometimes away from work, that would be Twitter. And I'm Jay Gamma to there. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. That's me. You know, I have two different accounts there. Tech Night Owl for this show and the Paracast for that other show. You also find me on Facebook. Look for Gene Steinberg, the guy with the red plaid shirt. It's not the newest picture in the world, but it's real. And it's me. We have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week we'll be talking about former rock and roll star Tom DeLong and the To the Stars Academy for Arts and Sciences and all about the new stuff about UFOs in the past year and the Pentagon UFO study with Miguel Romeo, who calls himself in his blog Red Pill Junkie. Don't assume any connection other than the fact that this guy is smart. And he has lots of interesting things to offer. To learn more about the Paracast, go to Paracast.com. Once again, that's Paracast.com. And remember, the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is for you to sign up and subscribe to the Tech Night Owl Plus, where you get a version of the show free of the network ads. And we cut it right off the master recording so the audio quality is better. It's not going through a couple of generations like the normal podcast version is. We also kill, as we say, the network ads. No network ads on there. So it's 41 minutes shorter of excitement. And the only way to subscribe is to join our forums and upgrade your membership. To check it out, go to plus.technightowl.com. Once again, that's plus.technightowl.com. Again, it is the absolute best way to support this show. The best way to support the show. Join Tech Night Owl Plus. Jeff Gamut, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. It was wonderful as always, so thank you for having me on. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.